This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Performance Anxiety, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I am your host, Mark. And before we get into things, I want to take a second and thank AKG for the amazing Lyra mic and headphones that I'm using from their Podcaster Essentials set. I'm really pleased with how they performed. Sean Dowdell and Mace Byers from the band Grey Days joined the show to talk about their favorite unplugged albums. And as luck would have it, they're releasing their own acoustic EP called Amends Stripped. It's acoustic version of five tracks from their recent album Amends. Great A's was Chester Bennington's band before he shot to stardom in Lincoln Park. It's a rare chance to hear someone on the precipice of explosive success in a stripped-down version. Amends Stripped is a limited release, so I suggest grabbing a copy before they're gone. And follow the band at Great A's Official. Follow us at Performance ANX. Subscribe, rate, review. You can even buy us a coffee with no commitment at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety. Merch is available at performanceanx.threadless.com. Now let's light some candles, unplug everything, and check out Sean and Mace of Grey Days on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Um, so I guess we're just waiting for Mace, right? Yeah, I'm just going to, maybe I should just text him real quick. Sure. And oh, there he is. Oh, he's a good, cool. Enjoy the loud. There, there he is. is. Excellent. All right. How's Base it Myers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for having us on. Oh. I'm just growing. I'm hanging around, growing facial hair. Got do, uh, you and me both, man. Just kind of. I had Sean on a while back and we talked about the uh, original release, the full album release. And so I just kind of want to touch on how you guys turned half of it into an acoustic album. So, but since the show isn't really set up for short updates, I figured let's stay topical and, and talk a little bit about maybe like your favorite unplugged album, which may, you know, you know, maybe 
had some influence, maybe not on doing your own version of an unplugged album. So, so Mason and I were actually uh, able to speak uh, in advance of the interview, given the topic, and we both came up with the same exact performance, <laughs> which kind of surprised me. I thought Mace would pick another one, but we picked the Alice in Chains performance on MTV Unplugged. Nice. I almost and, picked that uh, one myself. Yeah, to me, uh, I think it's just the most outstanding unplugged performance. And the follow-up to your question is, uh, uh, those are the benchmarks when you look at trying to do something unique and unplugged. When you when you have those in your your uh, your musical upbringing and your growth, it becomes part of who you are as a musical writer. So of course, all of us, Mace, Kristen, myself, and Chester included, even though he's not here, uh, we looked at that Allison Chains unplugged as, as a benchmark for sure. Oh, absolutely. They were just able to capture an emotional um, intensity that, you know, I went back and watched it again last night, yeah. uh, knowing that we were going to do this interview. It's just amazing. So, so you may, so you had the same choice. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it's, it's the time period that, you know, great days was, you know, really rocking and, it just, when it comes to making a song, an acoustic version for a rock band, not every band can do it. Right. A, you have to have a great vocalist because uh, it, it, you're, it's stripped down. You're, you're, he's naked. Yeah. And also, your, your songs have to hold up. So you don't have to be loud. You don't need big amps or anything like that. The song, the melodies have to hold up on their own. And then you have to have the, the uh the actual talent to you know the chops to play these songs live and naked you know when you're playing a ba acoustic bass acoustic guitar uh, you know all these things you don't have power behind you you know you're naked so to speak right and this he's right there, there's a there's a dynamic that happens when when converting an existing song back into an acoustic song like and, and a great example of what he just says is the melody has to be good all on its own. Like, for example, I don't know how an artist, and of course, I'm sure there's an exception. I don't mean to get hated on by saying this, but I don't know how you could take like an EDM song and try to strip it down the way we did, because there's so much forefront pressure from the musical side that the vocals would, would kind of get lost in trying to take all that away from it. It would, it would, almost feel like there's not enough content there. So he's, I think he, he touched on something really poignant there is that the, that vocal melody and even the guitar melody, bass melody, it has to be strong enough on its own right. to stand up acoustically. And, and you know, what's interesting. Uh, even when we were first doing the amends itself, instrumentation, we changed a lot, but like, if you were to take Alice in Chains and wood or just whatever the, any of the songs you could take any one of those instruments and the melody line and change it to another instrument and would hold up. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a guitar. It doesn't have to be a bass. It's just a well written melody and, or just a guitar, you know, a melody line. Right. And that's why it's all stripped down and you're hearing this little melody line here and you know you got michael Inez jumping on another acoustic and this you know the scott uh the extra guitar players jumping on the bass uh because they're just making sure those melody lines are, are coming through that they tracked on the record 
but they're still just stripped down naked, just a melody line. They could have whistled it. Yeah. You know, in fact, just like, just like our song, you know, shouting out with the whistling. Yeah. You, know, you could have probably done whistles behind the whole song and just Chester, and it'd be amazing. Oh, for sure. And I started, I went back and I looked at a, actually, I didn't look at every episode, but I looked at all the bands and artists who had done an episode of Unplugged. And, you know, there's, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. It started in 89, and then it ended up in, in the early 2000s. It took a hiatus for a while and came back. And there were some really interesting acts on there. Uh, you know, some people you, you wouldn't have expected. Like, I, I forgot Rat did, did a three-song MTV Unplugged. I didn't see that one, but <laughs> I did I did see the one where it all started was with the Bon Jovi, the Bon Jovi guys. Yeah. And they really set a very high standard. You know, you may or may not like their music, but you can't really deny what they did in the music world. True. And those guys, they really set a high bar for the unplugged. You know, of course, there's there's a there's a few episodes, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana that that stand out. But the one that to me, the, the, the one of the main reasons is, is Alice in Chains were such great songwriters, but in the acoustic setting, their vocal harmonization, I don't know that I've ever seen that. And don't laugh at me when I, when I make the comparison. In other bands, so good, other than maybe the Bee Gees, the, harm, the vocal harmonization is so good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like you could take either one of their vocal lines and make that the lead vocal line. And sometimes you don't even know if you had to say which is the lead vocal line. You're listening to some of their songs and you're like, I don't know. These are kind of both lead vocal lines. Yeah, it's it's very. They, I, are. they, they, they really work well together. I, yeah, I and I agree with the Bee Gees. You're right. Bee Gees, Everly Brothers, you know, groups Eagles. like that. That's a little before my time. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So, I mean, of course, the Beatles is a standard that that everyone wants to aspire to. But I right. just think for for this conversation, acoustic setting, reformatting rock songs, I'm not sure that that's appropriate. But it's just their their ability to work together vocally. I can't imagine the the dynamic that those two had when they were writing together. It must have been amazing to be in the room. Oh gosh, yeah. My choice was a little different. It was for a similar reason, but I I, I actually picked Neil Young's performance. Yeah, on that's excellent. He, because yeah. it was actually his second attempt at doing MTV's Unplugged. So the, I don't know if you guys had heard this story. I didn't know that. Yeah, a few months earlier, he went in and um, the band. It was basically the Stray Gators with uh, Nils Lofgren on in the band, and they. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went. They they rehearsed. They went in to do the episode of Unplugged, and they did. They had so many mistakes, so many false starts. They got through me at most maybe half the set and neil just got up and literally ran out the door into manhattan neil should have just got on his guitar and sang because neil is an acoustic guy but for me that's an easy unplug neil get up there play you know yeah, they made it complicated he did. they made it way too complicated and they fucked up the soup but, you know they fucked up the mix but what i liked about that episode of unplugged is that he picked songs that weren't the radio hits. I mean, he did the stuff from Harvest Moon that had just come out, but he also did stuff from Trans, like Transformer Man, did an, a, a really slowed down acoustic version of Mr. Soul, uh, a pump organ version of Like a Hurricane. You know, it, he really did do some unexpected stuff. So it was, to me, that was what was the most uh, impressive part about it, was taking stuff that, like, like 
I have sample and hold. He also did. I mean, doing that acoustic was just unbelievable. Did uh, so? There's a I forget what song it was. It had a false start. Allison Chains had a false start. Sludge Factory. Then, yeah, yeah. he's like fuck, fuck, and he stopped. <laughs> he forgets and the then lyrics. Started again. Yeah. Um, but you know, nowadays, if you think about that, uh, most bands, I don't care who you are, a lot of them would probably be having something pre-taped with that, even though yeah. it's. Even though it's an acoustic strip down, I, I guarantee there'd be bands trying to sneak shit in. Oh yeah, and yep. no need. And let me tell you, if you if you messed up and stop, there's no stopping. There's no stopping when you're playing with a, a backtrack. Yeah. Um, but this is a testament to players. When you watch Allison Chain, this is a testament to their to their their chops. Yep. You know how, how you know, great they are live, and but even Michael. I remember when I first saw that back in the day, I'd never really messed with acoustic bass. And, uh, you know, if you look at a lot of the older uh, MTV uh, Unplugged, the bass player is playing a regular electric bass. He stepped out and grabbed himself an acoustic bass which and, ha- and got good, great tone. Again, players' tone is a lot to do with you as a player as well. And uh, so I thought that was cool. Like, you know, stripped up and done no. Oh yeah, it, and uh, Aerosmith was one of the only other bands that did it completely acoustic. You know, no amps, no like you're saying, no electric bass. And they're great live. I've yeah. seen Aerosmith numerous times live, and he's Tyler's is great live. Yeah, you know they all are. Again, they're a live band. Hey, look, you know Chester was great live. You know. Yeah. Have to be fixed in the studio, and the same thing with the, the cats we're talking about here. You know, Stephen and. How did you guys decide to do an acoustic EP? And all right, so before we get into, uh, let me, I'm going to ask three questions, I guess, in a row, because I'm, I'm assuming one answer may be able to answer them all. But how did you come up with the idea in the first place? Because I don't see a whole lot of bands doing acoustic albums anymore, you know, acoustic versions of their original releases. How did you choose the songs? And then, and why an EP and not the full album? So, when we were recording amends, Tom, Tom Wally, the, the CEO of the record label we're on was in the studio with us and said, Hey guys, we're going to need a couple of extra tracks for our retail partners like Walmart and target. And for the Japanese release, we need at least one extra special track that they get an exclusive on for their packaging for their retail clients. And so we showed him some acoustic ideas and he said, those are great. Let's do those. So he sent us into the studio with Billy Bush after we recorded amends and we redid three of the songs. What's in the eye sometimes in soul song, uh, because we had those versions prepped and and ready for acoustic versions. Then after we released the record, he listened to them enough. And we had a lot of conversations, him, uh, Ryan Wally at the label and, he said, why don't you guys do an entire album of acoustic songs? And so I went back and talked to Mason, Kristen, and we kind of came up with the idea of just doing the EP because we didn't think some of the songs, first of all, we didn't have the versions uh, in acoustic format, but we didn't think like songs like, at least not the time, not to say we couldn't go back and try it, but we didn't think that songs like maybe She Shines or Sickness loaned themselves as beneficially to an acoustic rendition okay so we 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 came up with the songs we wanted we had a couple more actually picked out but once we decided we're going to do an ep we knew we wanted to do five 
And then I believe it was um, Mace that brought up on, on one of our band calls. It said, you know, what about using the version that we did in 97 that where Mace is playing a 12 string and our original guitar player, Bobby's playing a 12 string. I'm playing piano and Chester singing. And we just, we were in the middle of a recording session for no son today. And I think I sat down on the piano and we, and we pinged it out a couple of times wow. and we just ran through it and we didn't multi-track the session. We just had a couple of microphones in the room, but it captured a really uh, interesting dynamic between the band members and a really, in my opinion, a very captivating performance from Chester. It's not perfect. I mean, there's missed notes and stuff like that, but we weren't trying to be perfect. We were just literally just jamming in a room and captured that. And that's why we decided it was a, a nice way to pay homage to Bobby. Uh, and it just captured a unique moment in the great days, uh, history to, to put it on acoustic record. It just seemed felt right. Mace, do you have anything to add to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it as usual. <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So these aren't just um, different takes of Chester's vocals that you use for the album. These, some of these are actually just versions that were recorded a, a years ago. All of them were recorded years ago wow. uh, with different versions and takes. You know, we, of course, you know, we had to, we had to use some, some vocals to, to, um, I guess subsidizes the word in parts that were, that were not tracked properly, but okay. overall they're different. They're overall, they're different takes and you'll hear the different connotations in Chester's voice. Oh yeah. Uh, different, different tempos and everything. Uh, I, I think, look, Mace, Kristen and myself, we're very proud of, of what we, what we did. We know it's not going to, you know, have this huge widespread impact in the music world. That's not why we did it. And to be quite honest, bands like Nirvana and Allison chains, when they did those acoustic performances, it really inspired us to kind of, I don't want to say follow suit because I don't think we copied what they did, but try to do a version in our own way that made sense. That still loaned itself really well to our music and kept the great A's vibe in that environment. Was going back and, and redoing this. I know we talked a lot about going back and, and listening to all the, the the tracks when you were putting amends together, did you were you having a, the, the similar experience with stripped where you know you're just hearing this stuff and going, holy shit, this is even better than I remember. Yeah, when we worked on sometimes, go ahead, Mace, go ahead. I personally uh, hearing that some of the different vocal takes was was like me, you know, I'm a I'm personally a fan of Chester's, yeah. you know, so. When I hear new vocal tracks in the studio that we're working on, when we're working with arrangements, it affects me a lot like it does the fans. It's it's new to me. Twenty some years ago, last time I heard that take, if yeah. I even heard it, because I was you know there every vocal take, and who's going to remember something from that? But using different vocal takes and stuff is uh, was really cool for me. It's like a new tune again, just a new vibe. So. It's the emotions, you know, very kind of a little bit brings up the emotions because something new and fresh. And that's one of the, the interesting things, because when Amends came out and I was listening to it, it was a definitely a shining a light on the band as a whole. You know, you could hear the quality of the music, the songwriting. It, it was fantastic. The and, and this is what happens to a lot to, to me personally when I hear acoustic versions, they tend to. I, I personally tend to focus more on the s vocals and the singer 
because everything's pared down a lot and, and they come to the forefront a lot more. And that's what happened with Stripped. And what's blowing me away more is how his voice already seems so fully formed as, as an artist. But he was still a, a teenager at this point, right? No, um, no, okay. that's, that's the misconception. I think there's a lot of misinformation when we first put out a man's we joined together in our very first inception when he was 15, right. but we didn't record our first record till he was 18. And the second record, he was 21, I believe, okay, okay. or right about to be 21. So he wasn't he as, wasn't he, he wasn't as young and inexperienced as everybody thinks he was. Okay. He, you know, the, by the time the band ended up breaking up, we had been a group for six years and, and we had played hundreds and hundreds of shows. So he had really honed his craft. Now, of course, when he joined Lincoln Park, things went to a different level. Um, I will say professionally and, and how, how how big the band became. But Chester was a rock star when we were playing with him. The band was on it. When we yeah. played, we sold out shows. We held our own against nationals every time we did it. So we weren't just some garage band. I think that's a bit of a, a misconception. Okay. We had three different record deals. We uh, had tons of interest. We had songs on the radio. We did really well. Uh, it just came to an end abruptly, and uh, Chester moved on to Lincoln Park. So go ahead, Mason. <laughs> an abrupt ending, thanks to Mace Flyers. <laughs> we won't get into the breakup. Well, oh. Sean left after that. He's like, I had enough. Yeah, I see you. Hey, speaking of breakup, see you. He's back. Oh, good, good. I should be here. You guys got me? Oh, you're back. Yeah. yeah. You, were, you were gone for a second. I said I was kind of bringing up the breakup, kind of how I kind of created a little bit, and then you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, I wanted to tell <laughs> You know, when you, when you talked about our um, our approaching these songs, and did we did we seem to, you know, look at them differently with these different takes? And for me, what pops out was when we're in the studio with Billy, and the song sometimes. And when we got to that bridge, the bridge was we we wrote something completely different than the original version of that. And I personally think the acoustic version of sometimes turned out better than the rock version of sometimes it just makes me tear up every time i hear it wow and it's just it's really emotional i love it sometimes things just seem to fall apart when you least expect them to Sometimes You wanna back up and leave behind All of them and all their smiles I don't know What to think anymore talking about when we first signed on um, we talked about that Allison Chains when those guys are singing the song Nutshell the emotional impact that that song has as a listener it just it's they get the lump in your throat and you're like Jesus this guy is really feeling this sorrow this sadness this alone he you can tell he feels lonely 
And he really is not just a lyric when he says that line, you know, no place to go home. Anyway, he sings that line, man. God, it gives me chills every time because he is living that vocal lyric in the moment he's, he's performing it. And I think that, you know, by the grace of God, you know, I, I hope we accomplished a similar uh, moment in sometimes. Actually, that's my favorite track off the EP. And it really puts the songs in a new light from the original release of amends, not, you know, not hearing this until this coming out and, you know, and having no, not a whole lot of experience until talking with you the very first time with gray days. It's uh, it really puts everything in a, in a different perspective. It's, it's a really, really interesting release. And it's fascinating to hear the different takes. Well, thank you. I think, uh, you know, when, when you're playing acoustic, when you're, when you're playing any song, you don't want to step on the vocals. Right. But when you're playing acoustic, it's even more apparent to stepping on something. And uh, so you simplify, but you, again, you don't have the big, when there's a break with a tom and a, and a big reverb kicking, and like, oh, that's my favorite part, that big tom hit, or that, you know, this. That's gone now, and now it's all about the song. It's not about the hi-hat thing or the guitar riff. It's about the vocal, the story, and as long as you have that bed of lettuce underneath that great, vocal it's gonna it's gonna come off well i think it came out I agree with everything you just said I, well i think you guys did a masterful job working these songs and for them being recordings that were never really meant to be released or, or, or never intended to be released as i guess i should say they sound fantastic thank you a lot of work thank you very much years yeah so What's next for the, for the band? You've, so you have amends have come out to you know great reviews, and you've got this acoustic EP that is a, a left turn from it and a wonderful left turn. What's next for you guys? Go ahead, Mace. What material we have left? We want to release. We want to finish what we started, and so there'll be another full length record out with the material well, that's been- not released. We've been writing for the last eight months together. We finally finished our writing sessions about two weeks ago. Oh, cool. Uh, we go back in the studio in April with a producer named Shooter Jennings and SJ Jones. Oh, they're going to co-produce. Uh, uh, we're going to, they're going to co-produce our new album and uh, we'll hopefully have it done um, early, early summer. So probably in May sometime. Oh, well, that's fantastic. We'll have to have you guys back on for that. Yeah, for sure. So how can... Oh, go ahead, Mace. I keep I keep interrupting Mace. No, I, I'm the interrupter. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> hey, I, I lived in <laughs> Jersey for... On you. <laughs> hey, I was from Jersey too, so that's I, all right. I was just agreeing. I was just, I was just agreeing. That's all. I was like, you know, that's all. So where can everybody find the album? How can they pick it up and, and give it a listen? So I know there's a very limited amount of pressings. I'm not even sure how many, maybe 500 or a thousand. I I really don't even know the answer, but you can go to, uh, we did a collaboration with revolver magazine. So you can get it at revolver magazine, or you can get it at gradeaysmusic.com. And it's only on vinyl. It's not on CD. It's really limited. And then you can go to Spotify or iTunes as well. It's there. Any any of the streaming platforms. like maybe 250 or 350 I, of the clear vinyl from revolver. Yeah. I think it's 350. Um, yeah. yeah. Not that many, not that many. Yeah. I, I wouldn't That's want to play limited, it. Limited, limited. 
Man. <laughs> well, and, and, well, you know, we wanted to make sure. <laughs> I, I think the I think the whole intention behind putting it out was that we had the material and it should have a home somewhere. Yeah. And for us, we have such limited amount of material. We want to have a, a physical manifestation of whatever we're putting out there. So we weren't trying to sell a million records with this. We just wanted to have it out there so that the the true collectors and true fans could grab it if they wanted it. And if not, then, you know, we weren't spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to put it out that we just want it out there we feel very passionate about the music the way we did it in an acoustic format we think it's great uh and we hope that you like it too uh, i love it and i the one thing i did notice when i went to revolver to, to see the vinyl edition it's actually reasonably priced too it's not like it's a limited edition and it's like a 50 dollar vinyl too so that's that hats off to you yeah, guys for for being fan friendly yeah. yeah well, I, to be honest, we don't even have anything to do with that. We don't even, we don't, I'll be honest. We don't make any of those decisions, you know, but if, if it were put in front of us, we'd have the same opinion. We don't, we're not trying to do anything like that. So um, we're not, none of us are doing this for the money. We're trying to, we're trying to make sure that this music has a home and, and adds to Chester's legacy. And for those that like it, great. And, and, uh, and if you don't, that's okay too. Well, where, yeah, we mean, love it now. Bert, here you go. Um, if I if I was to see something overpriced, or if Sean was to see something like it's, uh, we would definitely speak up. There's no way it would get by us. That's you know, we that's definitely good make know. sure we know what's going on and that you know nothing is exploited. Well, you know? and hey guys, I have to get going. I have another call. I hate I hate to break this up, but thank you, you so much for having me on and having Mace on and giving the, the Great A's uh, band support and love. We appreciate it. My pleasure. We'll tell everybody to follow you guys on social media to keep up with the news. Hey, hey, great days. Official Great days. Thanks. Have an awesome night. You two guys will talk to you later. I will be waiting. With a song in my soul A fortunate weakling Which I have foretold